My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Have you ever given a sex toy as a gift or are you considering it? When is doing so a good idea versus not so good? And how can you keep the intimacy fires burning and take care of yourself through hectic times like the holidays? Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin. I'm so thankful that you're listening. Today, I'm going to explore these topics and more with a fabulous expert, We'll also weigh in for a listener who wants to keep her long-distance relationship hot and spicy with FaceTime. First, a huge sponsor shout-out to The Pleasure Chest, an incredible store that's been working to create a more sex-positive culture since the early 1970s. They have a focus on education, enjoyment, and inclusivity. Visit thepleasurechest.com to start shopping for sex toys and sexual health products right now, or head to a brick-and-mortar store in Los Angeles, New York City, or Chicago. And be sure to check out my episode I recorded there live just the other week. I had so much fun chatting with Amy Dresner and Erica Garza. We covered some really heavy topics, but we also had a lot of fun. For more on Girl Boner events as well as episode extras, remember to sign up for occasional email updates at augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org. You can also purchase my book, Girl Boner, on Amazon or most anywhere books are sold. Now I'm so pleased to welcome Dr. Jill McDevitt to the show, Cal Exotics resident sexologist. Dr. Jill is a sex educator, sexual wellness coach, and unapologetic feel-good activist on a mission to radically improve the way we think about and treat sexuality, ourselves, and each other in the U.S. She believes that sex should be fun, pleasure is good for you, and free expression of our sexuality is a vital part of being human. She holds three degrees in human sexuality, and I'm so honored to have her here today with some really fun toys. Thank you for being here, Dr. Jill. (laughs) My pleasure. I would love to hear a little bit about your early days. What did you learn about sex and sexuality growing up? Well, I'm very grateful to have pretty sex-positive feminist parents, and so they did a fairly good job um, of trying to to instill a sex-positive, you know, um, relationship, if you will, in the household. And um, it was... It was a generally positive experience. I, it's a guided. I'm in the middle of a class right now that I'm teaching a 10 day course on how to be a sex positive parent, and I and I throw back to my parents a few specific um, instances I can even remember of what they said or did that stood out to me. Can you give me an day. example of one of those? Yes. So, okay. So the date. It, the year is 1990. So you have to forgive that to start. So I, I'm five at this time, and I'm riding in the car with my dad, and I said, let's play a game where you have to put together a word, um, letters, and a tool. And so because I wanted to go first and say MC Hammer. <laughs> so I did, and then he guessed it, and he came up with one. It was my turn again. I came up with you are a well, you know, that gardening one. And so somehow in my mind, I got the, 
the idea that hoe was a bad word. I'm like five. I don't know how that got in, right? But yeah, that's, that's the culture for you. Somehow I heard that got that message. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, the gardening one, the flat one. And he's like, do you mean hoe? And I'm like, yes. And I'm like, it's a bad word. I'm sorry. I can't say it. And so he has this conversation with me at five years old that, well, one, there's no such thing as ba- the bad word is not in the word. It's how you mean to hurt someone. So if you're just saying the word hoe to quote it, it's not bad. But if you're going to call someone a hoe because you're trying to degrade them, but not that sex work is degrading and gets into this. <laughs> you're kidding. At five years old, she talked to yes. you. Bless him. That's We amazing. also talked about condoms at five because we watched the, sh- um, the Ryan White movie. Do you remember that movie? I don't. It was about the, uh, the that boy who... Um, got AIDS in the 80s, and he was ostracized and kicked out of his public school. Oh, okay. So we watched it, and then I got to learn about AIDS and condoms Wow. <laughs> so when you got to sex ed in school, were yeah. you like, well, duh, I already know this? Well, it's funny because I actually had the opposite reaction where I was very bashful about it, and I did not—I was very uncomfortable. I was very uncomfortable, so I did not— I had a lot of shame about it, so it's just it's just strange, right? Because we teach about like be sex positive. Somehow the shame still got in. I got cultural messaging somehow, and so by the time I'm like 12, 13, taking sex ed in eighth grade, I'm like, oh no. Yeah, it just goes to show you can control what's happening in your own little bubble, mm-hmm. but we're all part of this big complex world, and mm-hmm. we get these messages everywhere. Yeah. But you had the inclination even then, like early on, that you wanted to create a career out of learning about this and helping people. Yeah. When I had my first orgasm, which was an accident from what I thought was just kissing my boyfriend at the time in high school, but really I was sitting on his lap and it got very passionate. So basically it was dry humping, but I didn't have a word for that or a concept mm-hmm. for it. So I was just really embarrassed and I went to the high school library because this is the day we have one computer in the house, you know, it's in the family living room, uh-huh, desktop, uh-huh. you know those days. So totally. I go into the library in my high school, I'm reading about it. I read about clitorises, I read about orgasms, I read about dry humping and I'm like, what? I, I, why wasn't I, you know, as sex positive my parents were, as much sex ed as I had, as many sex scenes in, you know, PG-13 movies I had seen, still, like, never. Yeah. And that's, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to teach people about this when I grow up so that they don't have to be ashamed and build on what my parents had tried really hard to make me not be. And this, you know, so um, so that was it. 13, 14 years old. That's I was incredible. like, I want to be a sex educator. Did you tell anybody? Did you tell anybody about what you had learned and or that you wanted to be a professional in sexuality then? Immediately. I didn't tell them the backstory. <laughs> that the dry humping <laughs> that I'm part. dry humping my boyfriend. <laughs> what inspired your school? career? Well, <laughs> it was a really nice hump. <laughs> but I did tell my parents and because uh, I'm the first um person in my family to go to college. So I had no idea about how to go to college to study sexuality. So I needed their help to say, like, do you have any idea how to do this? Is this a career? Like, what are, what are the steps? I don't know. And I bet they welcomed this with open arms. Oh, yeah. They were yeah. thrilled. Yeah. They were like, I'm glad you found something you're passionate about. The That's world awesome. doesn't need more of this. And it's really cool, too, that you're obviously very passionate about it still. And that isn't always the case when people go, I want to do this. And then they get there, they're like, I don't like this. But you actually really love it. You teach, you speak, you coach, you do all kinds of things. And toys are one of your many areas of expertise. Do you remember your first toy that you loved or tried? Yeah, I was a late bloomer in a lot of things, actually. Um, And that was one of them. So I think I was... 
I was starting my career. I think it was around the time that I was, and I was like, I should probably try this if I'm like, going to teach about them. <laughs> teaching about it. <laughs> yeah. And it was a small little handheld. It was actually a Cal Exotics product. I've been loving them since the beginning. Oh my gosh! It's it was like it was a little green. Uh, so it was like a, it looked like almost like a a mouse for a computer, but it had a little bot on that rubbed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that was it. I remember yeah. it was green. And you've you've enjoyed them. Like you are a fan of toys. Big fan. Yeah. So if somebody does want to give a toy as a gift, because I feel like for a lot of people, it might sound enticing, but it may not be a topic they've talked about or explored with a partner. What are kind of the steps, first of all, to knowing, is this a good idea? Yeah. So I think, I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased, but I think it it's more often a good idea than not. Um, I have given literally everyone in my life that I a vibrator at some point. At some point, everyone who knows me, including grandmothers-in-laws and, you know, friends and brothers and sister. I mean, everybody at some point has received a vibrator from me for Christmas or birthdays or ones. weddings or, yeah. yeah, like a whole little gift package of toys and lubes and the whole thing. So... And sure, there can be so one might say, okay, buying your brother or mother a vibrator might be like a line. Sure. And in some families and relationships, that can certainly be the case. So you definitely want to gauge the relationship. But also, I think a lot of things go unsaid, right? So somebody might want one, you might want to give them one. And then there's this never discussed thing. Yeah. So sometimes just giving it, right, is just one way to break the ice. And if they, don't like it, they can throw it out, obviously, or give it. Yeah. But I, um, I've had so many people, clients come in and buy a vibrator. They're, what they say is their second vibrator. And I was like, okay, so it sounds like there's a story with your first vibrator. What's what you broke, and now they're ready for their second one. And I, they say my first one was a quote-unquote gag gift from someone. I think that's a that case for a lot of us. drawer. Yep. And then one day they're like... Huh. To me. Yep. <laughs> did it? Oh, totally. Yeah. I wrote a whole chapter about it in my book because, yeah, it was like I hadn't masturbated before. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm really horny and I'm thinking, oh, oh that, um, you know, that prosthetic penis is upstairs. <laughs> Dildo. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So they, they just may have never tried it. I, I imagine one of the only reasons not to give one is either if you are, you know, they, they just aren't into it and you know that. Or like if somebody's asexual and they don't masturbate, then obviously, right? But pretty much, I mean, for friends, anybody that you know is sexual and like sexual activity, it's kind of hard to go wrong. Yeah, I would, I would say off the table might be exes or people in the workspace, <laughs> right? Like don't give your employees vibrators, although I've had people buy their entire staff vibrators before. So I guess, again, depends on the relationship. Yeah, I like um, that office. But yeah, it was, a, um, it was a diner and the owner came in and bought all the white staff, vib- the same vibrator for Christmas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, That's amazing. So, uh, you know, so a work setting I would tread carefully. Yeah. Um, an ex, that's so funny. It would be like, might not be. Since we, you know, you might be lonely without <laughs> me, so here. Yeah, that might not go over well. But otherwise, I think feel it out, make it right. So you can tell, and well, I can tell when I've given them. I just am like, it's have fun with this bag, you know, wink, wink. And they're like, oh, okay. And 
I create the lot or this is what's normal, right? The, when you're trying to be sex positive, it's about creating a normalcy around sex is healthy and normal. We don't have to be ashamed of this. So I so I don't need to treat it like a big secret as the gift giving is happening. And when you present it in an awkward way, be like, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if you're going to think this is weird, but then it's going to there's that weirdness yeah. is coming up. Just be like, have fun, you know, and just be normal because it is normal. Yeah. Um, then they're going to show up at that space and say, oh, OK. You know, I, I totally get yeah. that. Yeah. And I also love that you often will do a, a gift bag because yes. then it's not just like one gigantic vibrator because there's some really <laughs> big toys. It might be kind of strange. You bring in this like gigantic thing that's one big toy versus it's a it's a to- maybe it's a travel size toy and also some lube and some bubble bath and mm-hmm. some aphrodisiac candy or like it's just kind of a thematic thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some of the really hot uh, toys out right now because I feel like there's always something new so many different ways to explore mm-hmm. so this is um, I have the brand new hot off the press here line from um, Cal Exotics it's called Impulse and so the way it's going to work is it just has the small piece that's vaginal so this would go in and it has this really soft if you want to feel it it has like it's, a little tail I'll have to yeah a little after. tail and yeah. um, you can pull it up and then have that be clitoral But it's also the retrieval cord, so it's a two-in-one. But the important piece about it is that it has this metal strip, and so it sends impulses so that it's tightening the pelvic floor without you having to actually squeeze. Oh, wow. It's a really unique-looking toy. It kind Mm -hmm. of looks like a big giant sperm, sort of. It kind of does. It has a tail on it, and it's a really pretty color. I like that it's kind of purpley because I feel like so many toys are pink. And I like to see the variety. I think that's really cool. Yes. They used to always be um, just tan. Like they used to be tan or white or brown. Flesh color and very like Caucasian flesh or, yeah. And then there were pink and Cal Exotics brought purple to the market. So let's, ooh, I can feel, (laughs) I just shocked myself. She just had a finger gasm. (laughs) So, and then it has the um, remote. So you can be playing with yourself about... Oh. So it's pretty quiet, which is nice. Yeah, because without, yeah, that's like right up to the microphone. And if it's inside you. Right, that's not going to. I can't even hear it away from the mic. And I love how the end glows like that. That's so Which is also good because some people like darkness when they're getting busy. So, yeah, so you can can get a little kinky with it if you like put it between skin and shock yourself, um, as I just did. Or you can... um, Use it for the Kegel um, Yeah, oh, that's a great idea. And which, it's so small that it would be good for travel. Yeah, it's well. super convenient for that as well. That so, yeah, awesome. this is brand new, and I was talking it up so much, I um, had somebody who wanted one immediately. So as soon as I sent her to her, she's like, I hate doing Kegels, and you just don't have to do it. It just does the work, and it's vibrating, so it's fun. So you have Kegels and orgasms at the same time. And you're not really – kind of like <laughs> when I exercise at the gym, I read because I don't really want to feel the – I'm not there to actually exercise. I just like how it feels after. Exactly. And so just have fun instead. Yeah. Yeah. The next thing you know, your kegels are built up. Yeah. The floor. It yeah. looks like you have – is that a dildo right next it to It is. You? So this is an older product, but this is something I'm currently obsessed with because I love things that – you know, normalize the body in its natural state and mm-hmm. just recognizes this. So this does is a it get dildo. flaccid or something? It has foreskin. <gasps> oh my it's gosh, it does. Circumcised. What? Bridge. 
<laughs> that is such a great idea because so many people don't even know what it looks like if it's, you know, or, or yeah. if they've ever seen one that's uncircumcised or not. So does the foreskin move up and down? Yeah, it pulls up and down. Oh, my god! And kind of roll it down. So, wow. yeah, I just think it's so... Um, I just love the idea of normalizing the human body and just being yeah. like, this is what it is. We don't have and to. it is a very much more normal size, I guess. I don't want to say normal size because there are many different ones. But I have bought toys on the internet before and got it, and it was, like, so big. Yes. Yeah. And this that's is... actually – it does. It looks very authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. And it comes in different flesh tones. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. That's very cool. Um so do you have personally have a favorite toy, or does that change? I do. Um, so it's a wand style, and it's just – I think people often ask me, like, what is your favorite vibrator? And thinking that I know a lot about vibrators, so I must know the best one. And sadly, it doesn't <laughs> translate that way because you have to really learn your body and have a body awareness of what you like. So, for instance, I like – basically a, a damn jack you know a jackhammer like i need a lot of vibration and really powerful and high amplitude and a broad um surface area yeah so something that's pinpointed which some people love yeah i'm not gonna i'm gonna find it buzzy and annoying yeah. um and some other people might find a, a wand style way too intense so um you know your body is, you gotta know your body which is so important because so many people say that the wand is their favorite or some some type of wand is their favorite Mm -hmm. and that's the one that is the least engaging for me Mm -hmm. you know it's just everybody's different and then also I love the variety even trying a toy that's not necessarily because I think when you're buying a gift too you're like well I don't what if I don't know their body and it's like but the adventure is part of it exactly yeah because you want to explore every now and then you want to mix it up just like sex positions you know your go-to that's gonna do it for you but that doesn't mean you don't do something exciting or interesting or adventurous just totally for the fun of it yeah yeah so for someone who's pretty new to shopping for toys what should people look for um if they're buying one for themselves um i know you said knowing your body is one piece but like do you have suggestions about like materials or anything Mm -hmm. yeah so you want to consider first a um a reputable manufacturer and retailer because there's some toys that have there's not a regulation in the industry, so you want somebody who's self-regulating um, and putting out good stuff. So I know that Cal Exotics does. And um, so then you want to look at also how it's powered, right? So do you want battery? Do you want rechargeable? Do you want plug-in? So you have to think about those considerations. That's such a good one because I find that the ones that you have to charge, which I don't, I don't mind that, but it's interesting to me that still i will forget about charging it until i really want to use it Hmm. so like do you recommend charging it as soon as you get home is that the best idea well a lot of them now will have the red led lights when it's getting low so if you're using it and it's red then after you're done with that session you want to plug it in for next time so i find that to be um pretty helpful these days i think that's like a newer feature and then obviously you want to think about material. Silicone is like the gold standard because it's non-porous and it makes it feel nicer and more realistic. And it lasts longer because bacteria doesn't eat in the material. Yeah. So I'm like, there's also glass. There's um, different types of plastics and 
Yeah. And, and a lot of them now, too, even say body safe on them. Yeah. If you're like, I'm not, I don't remember which materials are great, which can be nice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, um, will say that on the packaging. And sometimes they don't, some companies don't always. Um, there's some bloggers who do what they call a flame test. Um, I'm not sure of the chemistry of it because <laughs> I am not a chemist, but pure silicone will do something or not do something. So sometimes they're labeled as safe and then they do the flame test and they're not. Mm. So yeah, it goes back to like trusting Reputable that who's going to say it's pure and safe and yeah. it is actually pure and safe. Um, and then you want to consider the shape. And you know, obviously that's a big one. So there's endless, endless, endless varieties yeah. of shapes and sizes and how they bend and are they flat or are they pointed are they rabbit style and um i think a big consideration too that sometimes um, i think is almost a last consideration which is kind of unusual to me is that is what is your desire with it right like how do you want to use it do you want to clip masturbation do you want the feeling of fullness or penetration do you want anal do you want something you can use with a partner do you want something quick and easy to travel with you want something to use in the shower so depending on how you want to use it, I'm going to recommend something different. Yeah, yeah. Those are all such good questions to keep in mind. So we have a question from a listener that I think could tie really well into the topic of toys. Yeah. It involves a long-distance relationship. It comes from Samantha, who wrote this. Do you have any suggestions for FaceTime sex? My partner and I will be apart much of next year, and we want to keep things hot. Thank you so much for your question, Samantha. Here is what Dr. Megan Fleming of Great Life, Great Sex had to say. Sam, thanks so much for your question. And I guess I want to first start by saying, you know, even though you're about to embark um, on a challenging time, it's not always easy uh, keeping it hot during long distance. It's important that you remember sort of the commitment and strength of your relationship that you guys are about to embark on this journey. And I say that because, you know, and sometimes at some point next year, you know, there are probably going to be moments where you're feeling lonely. And I think you always want to remind yourself about um, what brought you both together and just sort of the commitment that you have to one another and your future. So, you know, in keeping it hot in terms of FaceTime, I guess, you know, a bit of, I'm a bit of a safety girl, right? So sort of safety first from both a sexual health as well as a tech perspective. So again, the great thing about FaceTime is uh, it is encrypted end to end. Um, and technically it's not supposed to be recorded, but there is software out there that it can be recorded. So it's just something, you know, you want to keep in mind um, because there are even HIPAA compliant platforms out there um, that for videos that you might want to consider uh, if on any level you're concerned about the potential role of one of you taping it. Um, then it's also true for your sexy text, right? Again, you want to be really careful about the platforms you are on. So thinking about using WhatsApp or Snapchat. Um, and, you know, I want to, and I'm certainly going to give you tips around making the actual uh, FaceTime sexy, but I think it's also important that in answering this question, you realize there's so much that's going to go into keeping this relationship hot um, that is way more than just about sex, right? It really is about that sense of connection. And, you know, oftentimes I've worked with couples where, you know, they're navigating over six hours of a time change. Um, and so sometimes it's really helpful that you kind of are scheduling regular times to talk, Um and really have a sense of what each other's schedules are because it's not always easy uh, when it's not scheduled to even be up at the same time. 
And, you know, I think it's like, how do you stay connected in terms of uh, not just in the how do you make the relationship hot and spicy, and but also just in terms of the communication, sort of what's happening in each other's day-to-day -day life. You know, what are things you can celebrate with one another? Uh, what may be some of the challenges you both are going through um, that, you know, sometimes you're looking for another perspective and maybe some problem solving or more often than not, you might just be looking for um, your partner's sort of shoulder to and, and being able to really lean into them and just sort of to vent, right? So you're not as alone in some of the challenges you may be facing. Um, because I think that, you know, there's the opportunity here to have these longer scheduled times and then the unexpected, you know, uh, fun, playful, flirty, sexy texts. Um, and I think the most important thing I'd say about part of that is that um, you want to keep things random, right? You want to have that element of surprise. Um, and part of that can even be, you know, creating um, a care package. And a care package could even, you know, perhaps include sexy photos, uh, maybe boudoir photos, or maybe more explicit than that, um, or perhaps a new sex toy that you could try on uh, either first alone or together, whatever sort of speaks to you. And around that, I mean, I think it's important to realize that they're um, really you know, with the Bluetooth technology, we have remote controlled sex toys. Um, so vibrators, not only for women, but also there's a product out there called the Max, which is a remote controlled masturbation sleeve. And so what's fun about that is you can even sync up your toys to interact with one another. So definitely do some research on the sex toy tech side, because I think there's a lot of things that might be new that you both can certainly play with. Um, it's also, they actually have out there that you can get a replica of your own and your partner's genitals. Um, they actually have easy sort of use at home kits on the market. And as a bonus, some of them even have a vibrating unit. So, you know, I think turning to tech and seeing how it can make sort of the FaceTime sexy time even more sexy um, is certainly something to do, put a little research into, um, as well as thinking about, you know, sometimes you might want to mix it up and not do video, just do phone sex. Um, because interestingly, I have to talk about like with a blindfold, when you cut off one of our senses, in this case, the visual, you heighten the others. So actually there's a opportunity to have sort of the equivalent of the blindfold by just doing sort of a phone time sex call. And then I would sort of also just say the potential role of either writing your own erotica or sharing erotica or even watching the same porn or just sharing what your turn-ons and what you're reading and or watching, you know, just keeping the ideas and the curiosity and the sense of, you know, I noticed this or I read this and I'm really looking forward to the next time we're together, you know, and what we can try on and do together. And I think that's sort of my last comment is just that I think it's helpful to have, you know, knowing to the extent that it's possible with your schedules, what are those next times you're going to see each other on the calendar um, when you can see each other in person? Because I think it's really important that you always have um, sort of the light at the end of the tunnel when you know you're getting back together and that's something that you can really look forward to as well as again what are you going to plan to do and what are the sexy things you're going to explore right now long distance but then have the opportunity to do together next time you're in person so samantha i absolutely would love to hear how this goes thank you so much dr megan so dr jill i feel like you must have some recommendations for ways to use toys remotely so if Samantha or anyone wants to engage using FaceTime or any of these different apps, what would you recommend? Yeah, so I really love her idea of, of the care package because there's so many ways that you can have simultaneous experience 
So if you both have your own piece of one of you has a sex toy or one of you has a masturbation sleeve or whatever that looks like, nipple toys, and you're FaceTiming and having these parallel experiences that you're sharing. So um, I think that's certainly something to include in a care package is um, these kind of vibrators that can be used together and directing the partner. So telling them mm, what you want them to yeah. do with it like you would if it was your own hands. So you're not you're not able to touch them, but you can tell them where to put the vibrator, how to move it around their body. And it can be, and then you're also watching it. So putting as many senses as you can into it. So touch and maybe taste even. Um, certainly like sight that. is happening. So, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really great. That's really great. So when people are, whether they're apart or they are having a really busy time, um, the holidays are coming up as we record this. So people are all over the place. And a lot of times it's interesting because sex and sexual pleasure can, you know, really help with that. But stress can make it less likely for a lot of people. How, how do we deal with that? Stress is a, a major roadblock. And travel is because think about whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas or whatever, these holidays are coming up that you might be, you know, sleeping in your twin bed in your mother's house that you grew up in with your partner. Like this, it's not conducive to these types of sexy things, right? So I think one is acknowledging that this isn't going to be the usual repertoire, right? Like you're going to have to make some adjustments and roll with it. Have fun with it. You know, you're going to have to be quiet. Turn that into a sexy thing to... Stealth sex is very sexy. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Or really play up the whole sexting while you're both in the room, right? So, you know, you're you're at the in-laws or whatever you're doing. You're at your boyfriend's house, uh, mom's house, and you're at the Thanksgiving table and you're in the kitchen and you're sending a, a sack. So you can play with with the space that you have if acknowledging that it's not going to be your ideal space necessarily. And um, I think sex is great, but there's that other connection piece, which I also loved, which she just said as well. So you can still be flirty. You can still be affectionate. You can still be sweet and kind and, and cute to each other and really build that connection so that when you do get that five minutes alone in <laughs> in your car um, between drives that you can make the most of that time. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Giving yourself permission, too, to be like, it's normal to not, you know, really be super sexual at the moment, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that we have all these other things going on. But even the anticipation, if you're, if you're keeping that connection going. What about for people who are not in uh, relationships and they want to take care of themselves? I feel like Solo play and toys are such powerful means of doing that, but it's not usually what comes up. Like you Google self-care and it's like bubble baths, which could also be, you know, sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but would you speak to that, the, the kind of ways to nurture ourselves through our own toy practice? Mm-hmm. Yes, great question. I have a, a 10-day class on sexual self-care specifically, and obviously one of the days is masturbation. And it comes after several other days of self-care acts that involve loving the body and showering the body. So whether that is looking in the mirror naked and paying compliments or apologizing to yourself for the things that you may have said that were cruel to your body Mm -hmm. or an activity around touching your body in non-sexual ways. So like doing a full head-to-toe body cross and just being curious like, what does the back of my knee feel like? Or, you know, and so some other, some gratitude lists around your body and your sexuality, then you build this up and then the self-care day that's around masturbation 
is really powerful. So it certainly can be masturbation. It doesn't have to be. I think any time that we are prioritizing ourselves in a time when it's not socially acceptable, right? You're supposed to be working. You're supposed to be being productive. And you're like, I'm going to say no, and I'm going to go in my bedroom and whatever you do in there. I think that's where the sexual self-care shows up. Yeah. And I love that you said it doesn't have to be a, a masturbation or even a sexual act. It could be sensual. It could be nurturing your body in these other ways and dealing with that negative self-talk and kind of working against it and setting those boundaries. I think especially around the holidays or any stressful time when you have a lot going on, we can feel so obligated to do everything and kind of not even check in with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Is there a practice for that that you recommend? Like I personally find um, journaling to be helpful. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other ideas? Me too. I'm a big proponent of gratitude journaling. Um, I I work it into almost all of my classes somehow that I teach because I I find it super powerful. Gratitude ripples into so many other areas. And I think we don't often pay ourselves thanks for the things we do for our sexuality. So whether that's remembering to buy tampons or picking up birth control pills or making a a urology appointment to get testicular exam or any of the things that we do that are boring sexual self-care um the way that we take care of ourselves we're not even necessarily noticing or being appreciative of so i think gratitude is the center of it yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely that's really powerful that's really powerful do you are you a resolution person do you like setting I do. Goals I, uh, yeah, for yeah. They vary year to year about how uh, into it I get, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about sexual self types of resolutions? Mm-hmm. What are some positive goals, whether they're set around New Year's or not, but just things to strive for? What are some things you think that people could consider? One of my favorite affirmations is that sexuality is a gift that I deserve to receive. So that whether it's a partner or not, that you are a sexual being and you deserve this. This is not frivolous. This is not a waste of time. This is not being indulgent. Um, you deserve it. And mm-hmm. it's okay. So I think I think that sets a stage for centering it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Affirmations are really cool. My friend Natalie Hatches has a series. She made sexuality affirmation cards that are really beautiful whether it's whether you have a card or you write one or saying that mm-hmm. you know or mm-hmm. just keep rewinding this part over <laughs> and over listen to dr jill tell you every day that you you're worthy yes, you, are. <laughs> you deserve it mm-hmm. yeah so tell people where they can learn more about you and perhaps even take one of your classes yeah so you can find my classes and my coaching and all that at thesexologist.org Grab that URL early, right? I was going to say, <laughs> nicely done. Uh, and then I also blog and do really cute um, videos called Sex in 60 Seconds, where I take a topic and I speak really, really quickly and put all the info I can in 60 seconds um, at calexotics.com slash Jill McDevitt. That is awesome. So mm-hmm. as we wrap up, will you tell us about another toy? Because yeah, I just love that I you have this to. whole collection so everyone can kind of learn about. Yeah, this might be my favorite from the from the bunch here. So this is another Calexotics toy called the Passion Enhancer. This would be a great gift for a partner. And um, so it's kind of like, it's really cute. It's, it's a little, pur- it's purple again. We've got a purple theme here today. And it's a cock ring 
real stretchy, so it's not intimidating, but keeps it steady. And then it has this clitoral vibrating piece. Mm. So you're getting everybody's rubbing and vibrating at the same time awesome. in addition to intercourse. And, of course, it vibrates. Oh, that's an intense one. So, again, it's real close to the mic, but yeah. someone's in the other room. No one would hear, hear it. it. And it's so discreet. It is, and it's rechargeable, so it's one of those, pl- you know, plug it in, charge it up, don't want yeah. to buy batteries, and waterproof. So you mentioned the bathtub yeah. being sexy. And definitely no one would hear it there. Absolutely. Right. And the vibration, as I understand it, can feel good to all different types of genitalia. Absolutely, yeah. I know it gets Penises a lot of attention like, mm-hmm. for, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also the um, cock rings can make the erection more pleasurable for m- both people, too. Yeah, right? it traps the blood in, keeps it yeah. there for as long as you need it. Totally. I know some you put over the testicles, too. And some don't. Um, Do they have, do do different ones that you have here, do they have instructions on that or you just kind of go by how stretchy it is? So um, most of them will have some points on the back, some little bullet points that tell you where to go and what to do. Yeah. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Really fun. I hope everybody goes to your website. And if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe if you haven't on iHeartRadio or Spotify or iTunes or your Apple Podcast app on your smartphone. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and review, it takes just a couple of seconds and it really helps us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.